Hi there. Welcome to the Creating Australia podcast. My name is Jessica Reynolds, and I'm a private town planner and business owner based in Brisbane, Queensland. I'm passionate about engaging with the amazing people that make the property and development industry what it is today. In Creating Australia, I want to learn from experts in the industry and share their knowledge and wisdom with you. In each episode, we'll talk with different people and unpack their past experiences and innovative ideas for the future. Join me now for an episode of Creating Australia, where we dive into the industry exploring local stories, projects, businesses, people, ideas, and more. Hi, Lucas. Thank you for joining us today. Can you please introduce yourself? Hey, I'm uh, Lucas Piperides, uh, Managing Director of HL Landscapes. Uh, we're a civil infrastructure landscaping company uh, nationwide. Um, yeah, that's basically me. So why civil infrastructure landscaping specifically? What is the difference uh, between just a normal landscaping company? We generally focus on the, uh, the major infrastructure projects like road, rail and runways. Okay. Uh, so projects we've completed recently are things like the Brisbane Airport um, second runway. Uh, the Logan Motorway, the Gateway Motorway upgrade. So we, we do, uh, we, we sort of lean more towards the revegetation side of things than we do the uh, traditional landscaping. Okay. that's There's some pretty big projects. Is that, you know, where the business has always been? Have you always just, you know, did you yes. start it and jump straight into that? Uh, so the business is about 45 years old. Um, okay. And uh, it was started by my business partner, David Hosking. Okay. Uh, I started with me originally and... Um, Moved from Sydney up to Brisbane on the back of one of our clients uh, in 2000, I believe, 2006, I think it was. Um, uh, and we started on the inner city bypass. Uh, I jumped on board around about 2010 and um, have helped grow it over the last 10 years or so. That's amazing. So yeah. what's your background? How did you end up at this point? Uh, well, I, uh, I studied out of school. I studied uh, landscape construction at TAFE. Uh, did a couple of years there and some design, then went and worked for a couple large commercial landscape companies um, that mainly focused in urban development, uh, building places like Springfield Lakes and North Lakes, all the parks and gardens uh, around the housing lots there. Uh, I also did some high-end residential works um, with a landscaping company on the north side to tweak my skills a little bit. And then I, uh, I quit everything and went to uni to study um, landscape architecture. And... Uh, about six months in, I got a job part-time just working with HL Landscapes uh, just to get me through uni. And uh, over two years, it turned from me working part-time to uh, myself uh, working full-time and becoming a partner with David Hoskins uh, and dropping out of uni in the third year. Yeah, so that's pretty impressive. Did you ever finish your degree? No, I'm, uh, I'm still contemplating it now, actually. <laughs> Will they let you back in? Uh, who knows? Um, so that's a pretty impressive jump to go from, you know, basically completing a university degree, um, you know, having some experience and then all of a sudden being such a large part of HL Landscapes. Was that due to just hard work on your behalf, passion, luck, timing? Where, how did that happen? Uh, a bit of everything, I would say. Timing definitely is uh, is always crucial, but uh, it came from a uh, from my end. It came from enjoyment and learning how to um, how to run a business. To be honest with you, um, uh, my business partner introduced me to, to 
uh, two very good business advisors um, who sit on our advisory board to this date, and uh, they just uh, opened my eyes up to what it is to to uh, own and manage a business, and uh, I took a lot of pleasure out of uh, building and building and expanding, and um, and we I think we've grown from seven staff when I started um, to I think seventy five at the beginning of this year. Wow, um, with two subcontractors, so uh, it's been a very quick. Um, uh, very quick growth. Uh, although the company has a lot of history, we, we generally used to go up and down with the, uh, the boom of infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we identified that was a major risk for us and, and we knew that we had to expand geographically to get into uh, different states. Um, when I came back on board in Queensland, the Sydney branch had closed down. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was one of our priorities to get back into New South Wales. And uh, as of last year, uh, we went into Victoria and I'm down here at the moment getting it set up. Although I... Uh, I will be back hopefully soon with all these border closes and stuff happening. So, um, yeah, no, it has been a, a wild ride for the last 10 or so years. It sounds like it. Um, what is the biggest surprise you've had um, in the last couple of months, I guess, the last six months? Um, has anything changed, you know, with border closures and things like that and being such a large company? How has all this affected HL? Uh, I would like to say we're actually, I feel like we were potentially ahead of the curve a little bit in regards to, um, uh, we got some very good people in the company who, who set up our systems, our policies and procedures, and that they convinced me not too long ago, maybe a year or two ago, to, to move across our platforms onto things like Microsoft Teams and stuff like that. And, uh, luckily, we were very uh, trained up, all the staff were trained up in, in doing these Zoom meetings and team meetings. And uh, so, so from a... Uh, communication point of view, there was no major changes. Um, the biggest change for us at the moment is getting in and out of different states. Um, mm-hmm. We got there. Did I lose you? Sorry, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been good for us um, uh, in that we haven't had to Really change business all that much with uh, with COVID, mm-hmm. um, but we will obviously uh, will obviously going to be a bit hard to predict what happens. Definitely. Do you think there's more opportunities for your large scale projects, given I guess the government probably wanting to put more money into large scale infrastructure? So. Seems like um, it we, might be a bit more exciting for you guys. Yeah, we've seen a little bit of a downturn in terms of the last twelve or so months. Uh, and given that we do the landscaping predominantly, uh, we we ride the uh, the wave um, of the infrastructure boom uh, right till the end. So whilst the civil companies are getting busy, we're twiddling our thumbs a little bit, looking for uh, waiting for them to get areas ready for us to start landscaping again. So there's been a lot of contracts awarded uh, or, or uh, out of tender at the moment for major civil uh, infrastructure projects, tunnels and oh, sorry, roads in particular. Um, and we'll start to see a, a very busy period again in Queensland, probably about this time next year. Uh, and, and I think that'll happen for a three to four year period. Right. That's good. That's something to look forward to. Um, through your career, what has been your favourite project and what was involved? Ooh, my favourite project. I know. Sometimes it's hard to choose. Uh, that's very difficult. It could be your most challenging one. It could be your largest one. Well, I, I think, to be honest with you, I think the Torben Second Range Crossing, the combination mm-hmm. of uh, our largest project and our most challenging. Um, uh, we built a project 
predominantly through a drought. So, uh, we had to vegetate approximately 4 million square metres, um, of which was very difficult with the drought conditions we were facing. Um, and so, uh, but it, it, we, we got him over about 12 months ago um, in regard to the road opening, but and, and we trialled a whole heap of new uh, revegetation products um, in regards to compost blankets and a few things like that. So um, I, I think that was probably our biggest one. Um, it, it went about 18 months. Uh, maybe two years by the time it was all said and done. Uh, and, and we were talking, you know, vegetating cliff sides that are 100 metres tall sort of thing. So quite a challenging, quite a challenging task. So but, but you, a very, very good yeah, I'm pretty interested in this revegetation process. Are you able to detail it a little bit more for me as to, you know, from why you would start revegetating in the first place to, you know, um, a bit more detail about those processes of, you know, overcoming challenging areas that need revegetation. Um, you're saying there's new solutions and yeah. technology. Well, well. Um, uh, so, so a general rundown is uh, when the civil company goes through and expands their, widens their roads or, or upgrades drainage or anything along an infrastructure pathway. Um, they generally destroy any existing landscaping that's there, and, and uh, most uh, roads. Railways are generally, uh, if they're new or old, they're generally in the middle of a, um, a fauna path. So either side of the uh, a need to get animals from one side to the other. So it comes down to a landscape design um, to, to try and attract animals to certain locations on the project to get them across safely. Mm -hmm. um, it also requires us to stabilise better and ensure there's no erosion control issues with soil getting down drained or across um, protected paddocks. So uh, what we try and do, in the ideal uh, situation, uh, the client will, uh, a year ahead, a year before we start, they'll go through and, and basically destroy everything that's there, which is required to, um, to widen the road. Um, mm -hmm. Now, what we try and do is recycle as much material as possible. So whether there's existing trees, we try and mulch that up and reuse it on the project. Uh, whether there's a topsoil, we try and ameliorate that with compost and fertilizers and uh, wetting agents to um, to be able to reuse it. So we're not constantly uh, buying in or bringing in new materials when, when there's a very good opportunity to recycle existing materials. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, depending on the design, there's a fair bit of work involved in either planting it out. Um, and just for an example, the uh, what's one of our bigger projects? So the Canberra Light Rail, which we've just completed, uh, that required 1 million plants. Um, so we, we do put a substantial amount of plants in the ground every year. I think we average between two and three million, sometimes gets up to four million plants a year that we put in the ground. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, so we try and do our part for the environment. And um, uh, so, yeah, from there we, uh, we – and then we, we generally have a, you know, a 12 or 24-month maintenance period to, um, to uh, make sure that we leave with a uh, successful uh, revegetation project. Um, and, and that's generally the trickiest part because we've got to try and get in whilst there's a live road there without trying to close lanes and a few things like that and, and make sure weeds don't over, overtake the project and everything we've done in the last year or two is, is going to establish and move on without, our, uh, without us being there. Yeah, it sounds like a very rewarding process. You actually get to see some results at the end. It's well, one of the one of the better things about landscaping for sure. <laughs> well, I guess that leads into my next question. What do you think is the most, um, I guess, biggest issue um, facing your industry? 
Oh, the biggest issue facing our industry. Um, uh, I mean, our biggest risk on our projects, although it's not facing the industry, is, is the shorter time frames we've got to, to finish bigger projects. Mm-hmm. And so we need to come up with clever ways to still outcome, uh, environmental and landscape outcome in, in a much shorter time. Uh, that's definitely one of our biggest uh, risks. Now, in regards to the industry, um, I mean, government spend is, is, is a huge priority for us for infrastructure. Yeah. If the government's not spending, then we're not working in, in that part of the business. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we have identified uh, uh, for, our, for our company, there's a few things that we need to do to a better quality outcome. Um, mm-hmm. So we've measures which I can't announce with you today. About to be released in the next week or two, but we, mm-hmm. we have done internally that um, we'll announce to the public over the next couple of weeks, which should help our clients dramatically in, in uh, providing a quality outcome. Yeah, so just wondering what is number one, who is your ideal client? So, who are your clients that you work with day to day, and what sort of um, tips could you provide for them? Um, if they were to use your service. So our our main major clients, we do a lot of work for Tier 1, Tier 2, down to Tier 3 contractors. Mm -hmm. Uh, So people like CPB contractors, BLB Holdings, um, uh, Lendlease, Seymour White, those kind of guys who are very big in the infrastructure um, uh, division. and we do work for them nationwide as well. So uh, 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 most of our clients are nationwide, so we're able to uh, work with them on, on a, a larger scale. Um, how could I help them? Yeah, well, what's a hot tip? I, trust me, I've got plenty of tips for um, potential clients before even approaching me. So I'm just wondering if, if there is something, there might not well, be. I think the biggest thing that uh, we've noticed lately is um, you know, 10 years ago, maybe five years ago, we used to get involved a lot more at the beginning of the um, project. So we would uh, be there at the beginning to help with the recycling mm-hmm. of soil, the recycling of mulch, and uh, doing a lot of consulting in that regards. Um, uh, we noticed in the last few years, we don't hear from them until obviously the uh, tender's about to be awarded. And that could be 18 months, two years after the construction started. So that, at that stage, there. Um, there's potential for the soil not to be stored properly and it can't be recycled mm-hmm. or, or washed up and taken off site and therefore we can't reuse another job. So I'd say that's a big thing and that's one of the things we've identified with our clients is we're trying to um, bring a bit more of a consulting um, process to, to the projects and, and not just wait until they're ready to start landscaping because at that stage they end up spending more on the landscaping because they haven't done some prior planning to uh, uh, during construction. Yeah, okay. So contacting you early on and consulting with HL at the beginning of a project rather than sort of midway ensures that yeah. there's probably um, more recycling of existing material um, and there's, you know, you're not on the back foot um, when you're trying to create good outcomes. The outcomes can kind of be, um, I guess, improved yeah. by early yeah. consultation. Absolutely. I and mean, we generally save the clients if all things go well and we can recycle materials and all those kind of things, we generally save up to 30% with our clients' budgets pretty regularly. Well, that's a pretty good selling point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. Awesome. Okay. Well, Lucas, thank you for joining me today. How can people contact you if they wish to? 
look, we've got a website, um, www.hllandscapes.com.au. We've got uh, some, some pathways through there. But uh, uh, in regards to tenders, um, our email address is tenders at hllandscapes.com.au. In regards to getting in contact with me, it's lucas at hllandscapes.com.au. Um, uh, drop me an email if you need to make contact. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Perfect. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to see this product in action, please head over to the Urban Planners Queensland YouTube channel. Links are in the episode notes, or you can find the recordings by visiting upqld.com.au. That is upqld.com.au.